Hello, you are listening to the CD Set of Movies. Uh, my name is Colin. I'm the C. Uh, joining me from afar is Zijan. Z. Hello, Zijan. Hey, Colin. What day is today? I've lost track to it. Uh, it's day 48. Of? <laughs> of lockdown. Uh. It's not. I don't know what day. It, well, maybe it is. I don't know. I've got no idea what day of lockdown it is. No it feels like it's been for, uh, for a very long time. It's probably only been a four weeks. Has it been only four weeks? I think it's longer than that. It's nearing the end of April now. I'm pretty sure the whole of April we spent in lockdown. Maybe. Would that not be four weeks? I guess. <laughs> anyway, uh, you, the listener, are almost certainly locked down um, wherever you are, which is why we bring you Podcast Joy, so you can listen to us from the comfort of your home or from your daily exercise. I haven't been tracking our listener numbers since the lockdown has begun. Um I have no idea whether this has worked or not. Uh, this has worked like it was our plan. <laughs> to, <laughs> to send free free coronavirus out to the world. No, I don't want to get um I don't want to get ethnic about this, Dijan, but um <laughs> It feels like you are. Anytime someone starts with a sentence like, oh, I don't want to get ethnic about this. But I'm just saying if one of us started it, um you're the one who's got contact. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I might you're, you're, you're editing this podcast, so you can choose whether to leave this in or not. Uh, but I, I'm hoping to get as more listeners to the out- outrage. You know, <laughs> uh, today we are doing our second instalment of uh, things to watch during lockdown. Um, we did wonder, I guess, when we when we f- did the first one uh, four weeks ago, whether we'd be able to get to the second one. But yes. Yes, lockdown continues. Uh, we're also talking about the films of Michael Shannon. We've got a quiz on James Cameron films. We're looking back uh, at Kramer versus Kramer, and, and much, much, much more. Much more. Actually, there's uh, a lot of news this time around. I've got there is, isn't there? Surprisingly, after, after a few, few episodes of no news at all, <laughs> suddenly Hollywood's kicked back into gear. Uh, kick us off, CJ. Yeah, they, I think I think it's because they feel like you know. They need to do some kind of promotion, regardless of what's happening out there. So, oh, so we, don't, some, we some... don't forget that films exist. Yeah, at least mm. like I mean, like things can still happen in the background. You do not need to have the entire cast yet or to shoot. I mean, shooting of a film usually takes like what a couple of weeks for quite a lot of films. Um, I think you'd have to be very very low budget to get done in a couple of weeks, but every month. Uh, there's a lot of background work going on anyway. Um, mm. I think my first bit of news is that uh, Sam Raimi has been confirmed. To be directing Doctor Strange, mm. in the multiple of madness. So I, I'm pretty sure that was been rumored before. Even though uh, probably on the C to Z movies, we we confirmed that as true. <laughs> we we probably did. <laughs> <laughs> but now it's actually officially confirmed. That not. Actually true. <laughs> it's always good when we confirm things as true weeks before they are confirmed. It, <laughs> you know, it, right? it sounds like we're ahead of the game. It sounds like we've got got people on the inside. Rather than just reading headlines and extrapolating. Yeah, definitely. But I mean, like Sam Raimi definitely needs a heat, uh, hit. I mean, he hasn't been doing much since the Spider-Man series. I, mean, I don't think any of his films that came out after that were big hits. No, so, I saw Oz the Great and Powerful and it wasn't very good. No. Uh, wasn't there a, Was there an Evil Dead installment at some point? Yeah, there was an Evil Dead installment. I don't think it was met favorably. Okay. Um, but yeah, um, well, it's good though. We like the original uh, Spider-Man trilogy apart from the third film um, third one, yes two out of three ain't bad two out of three so I'm quite looking forward to this yeah it's interesting because they, they got rid of um, uh, Scott Derrickson and, and Disney have a habit of getting rid of directors and rehiring them again and, oh, and sometimes rehiring them again in case of James Gunn um, but Sam Raimi doesn't strike me as someone who's going to come in and just do what he's told he's going to want to stamp his own vision on it you say that right but Spider-Man 3 fault was partially because he had to do what the producers told him to do right which is uh, very true actually very, I think because he didn't want Venom exactly. that, was, that, was, that was pushed on him but may, I mean if anything I guess that may have uh, taught him not to accept because he, I think he's very disappointed with how uh, with how Spider-Man 3 turned out uh, listeners to the podcast will recall uh, my madly optimistic attempts to claim that um, the Tobey Maguire Kirsten Dunst Spider-Man is going to be uh, subsumed into this universe or to this multiverse and Zidane I'm pouring cold water on it at every opportunity um, but this is just another sign is it not that uh, that we're going to get that Spider-Verse film I want so much well there, there is multiverse literally in the title right well exactly if you can't do it in that I, I reckon this might be where they maybe not uh, Tobey Maguire but they might plant do some sort of link in I don't know if you watched any of the um, 
the kind of the, the, the Flash uh, Arrow TV series recently, things like that. But they um, they did a Crisis on Infinite Earths recently, which I know is DC, but uh, and they pulled in loads of like they had someone from Batman nineteen eighty nine movie, they had some stuff from the Titans from uh, from the old uh, Birds of Prey TV series. Loads, usually for, Smallville, for Smallville, yeah, yeah. Um, in fact, they even had um, Burt Ward. He used to played Robin in the in the um, the really old Batman and Robin stuff. But uh, I'm th- I'm thinking maybe we're going to get something a bit like that. Maybe some hints just for a few seconds at a time or something if they're going to go through lots of universes just to test the water and see what people like would be mm. be my guess uh, but who knows I'm usually wrong uh, speaking of Venom we have a title for Venom 2 mm-hmm. uh, directed as we know by Andy Serkis uh, Venom Let There Be Carnage well as we know at the end of the first Venom film um, we saw the beginnings of Carnage we did we saw Woody Harrelson in a terrible wig <laughs> Um, I think I feel like Woody Harrison always ends up in terrible wigs. That's probably true, actually. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, why not? I, mean, I, I have no idea what Venom Two is going to be like. Uh, I mean, it's got to be better than the first Venom, surely. But... You, you say that, right? You say that. We, we've I had do... the X Men series before, Colin. Uh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um... I, I, I feel I feel the X Men series gets a bad rap because. Of, Half of the films are fantastic. And half, half of them are god-awful. Half of them are rubbish. And there doesn't seem to be any in the middle. Um. No. Um, Venom 2 is uh, moved to June 2021. Um, that's the latest release date. So, And it's taking that date. That's quite... That's relatively... I mean, it's a, I know it's over a year away, but they, didn't they started filming over this? So that's cool. No, I don't so. But they're taking a date from The Batman, which was originally on that slot. But Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Although it's different studios, so I guess it's just people pounce when they see that. Uh, yeah, there's an empty slot ready. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, another superhero, uh, superhero comic. Why? Why? It's coming to screens again. Is uh the Green Hornet? Yep. Uh, it is. Why? Why? Why was it the giggle before then? Because who loves the, who loves the Green Hornet? Um, someone is does. Because I mean, it's not like. I know they, they they cracked one out with Seth Rogen and some other guy. Jay Chow. Thank you. Um, and it wasn't terrible. It wasn't great, but it was it was watchable, I suppose. But there's <laughs> no, no kids out there are dressing up as Green Hornet for for Halloween. No, no one's reading Green no. Hornet comics. Uh, but um, I just realised that Green Hornet uh, is older than Batman. It's really old, isn't it? Yeah, it's in one of the earlier... Uh, comics out there yeah, yeah. and it I, I didn't know as well because i was googling uh i was doing some research for this oh wow i know right um <laughs> that you know the original tv series um of green hornet introduced bruce lee to the american audiences oh yes i did i did um i did see that one after i watched once upon a time in hollywood i looked up uh bruce lee because he was uh he well there was someone playing him in that but yeah uh, well i'm i uh, there must be some Green Hornet fans out there. So Universal are making this one. It probably is a Universal. I think well, it's it, it, it film. It is Universal. Because uh, they don't own any superhero stuff, do they? Mm. Apart from Green Hornet, maybe. Um, no. So maybe maybe this is why they're so eager to, <laughs> to get it out. Yeah, good luck to them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, since we're doing superhero stuff, um, this is barely news, but um, the third Spider-Man film in the Tom Holland era will have the word home in the title again. That's definitely bad news, man. Yeah, um, so we had Homecoming, we've had Far From Home. Uh, you can guess, if you want, what the third one is. I hope but they have Michael Bublé singing it. Does he sing a song called Home? Yep. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, that's one for you Michael Bublé fans out there. <laughs> um, uh, the Sony Pictures, um, who produces Spider-Man, uh, has tapped the screenwriters of Venom to adapt a popular manga series, One Punch Man, into a movie. Did they see Venom? Uh, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I, I can't imagine watching that film like, oh, those are the guys we need. We definitely need them. Especially screenwriters, right, for Venom. Especially yeah. since they made them the Malaysians drive on the wrong side of the road. Well, absolutely. Because the screenwriters definitely do a lot of research there. This is a chance to uh, to make up for that. <laughs> one Punch Man in, entirely in Malaysia and everyone driving on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard about the the anime or manga series One Punch Man? I don't think um, you're a big, big big fan of Japanese um, animation anyway, right? 
Uh, I'm not. I've I've heard of it, but only kind of through mm. a few internet memes and stuff. So yeah. it's a it's a superhero called One Punch Man who is tremendously powerful. Hence okay. the name One Punch Man. He can basically defeat enemies uh, with one single punch. But it's quite a unique take because he has this permanent existen- existential crisis because he can solve problems so easily. He feels like he doesn't have a place in the world. He has a very odd place in the world. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, a different take of the whole superhero genre. So we're getting a live action version, are we? There, there will be some action in there, yeah. Some, I mean, is it live act- Is it, is it oh, animated? Or is I don't it know whether it's live action. Oh no, I have no, I have no clue. I okay. have no clue. He has, he does have a very unique look, though. He's not, he's not a, a good looking. He's definitely not a good looking superhero at all. He's bald and um, skinny. <laughs> so I the think. The world needs more bald superheroes. I think so too. Sure. I think so too. Lex Luthor is not one of them. Uh, Charles Xavier no. is though. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, Dr. Manhattan, I guess. Um, well, ha- most most Hollywood action heroes are bald these days, aren't they? So uh, <laughs> get get Jason Statham in or something. Because <laughs> um, although, although it is uh, Japanese, the, the character himself is drawn. Uh, Western, isn't he? Uh, I think so. I'm not... Is he blonde? No, no, he's, blonde. no he's not blonde, he's bald. No. Okay. So it's quite hard to tell. Hmm. Yeah, I'm getting confused for Nelson. Uh, fine, okay. One Punch Man. One Punch Man. Clever. Mm-hmm. Is he, if he kicks someone, would it also work? Yeah, it would what? definitely work as well, but he okay. tends to just punch. Fine. Uh, are you familiar with The Saint? I have heard of The Saint, yes. That was a TV yeah. series, wasn't it? That's right, TV series starring Roger Moore. Um, there was a film starring Val Kilmer. It's a guy with a mask, right? A purple mask? Or am I uh, mistaking uh, there with something else? I'll be honest, I've never seen it, but I don't think he has a mask. Oh, okay. No. Um, so it's based on a series of books. Um, the Saint is is a, is a, I think it's a spy. Real name is Simon Templar. Um, I think there was another film fairly recently. But anyway, Chris Pine is going to be playing him. Oh, nice. Uh, we're getting another version of The Saint. And this is another one of these things, a bit like the Green Hornet, I guess. I think, well, very, very, very popular at one point, but has not maintained that popularity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I, I don't know, probably the 60s, I guess. It was maybe 70s, but it was it was very popular. Actually, I think Saint predated predated Bond. Oh, I think Roger Moore played The Saint before he played James Bond. So you're looking a long time ago that it was popular. Uh, I don't... Was, he, was, he, was The Saint yeah. British then, clearly? Yes. Right? Well, I think so. I, yeah. And then Chris Pine's playing him. Huh. Well, see, Val Kilmer played him, but I don't know whether Val Kilmer played him American or or British or British mm. or wherever Val Kilmer's from. Um, <laughs> I, I think he's American. But yeah, standing around the water cooler at work back in those glorious days when we could stand around things at work, I don't remember anyone saying, "Man, I hope they make another Saint movie." But, uh, no. I've... Good. Good luck to Chris Pine. Yeah. Well, oh. if, if anyone can do it, he already played Jack Reacher. Not Chuck Reacher, Chuck Ryan. I like his Chuck Ryan. Oh. Uh, the Hunger Games prequel movie. Yes. Has been greenlit for a film adaptation to no surprises from anyone whatsoever. Um, the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, that's the name of the book. I've not read it because I've given up since uh, I didn't like the third also, book. It's not, it's not been published yet, has it? Has it been? Has it not I been? Think, I don't think so. Ah, well, maybe that's why I, don't, I haven't read it. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's one of these ones where it's kind of the 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 author in the studio almost working together to get this out. Mm. Uh, well, yeah. Well, the Hunger gives me a lot of money, so it made sense to to have the prequel set up. And obviously, there's this whole dystopian world that you know there's screaming for you know someone to explain how this came about, for example. Well, because I looked it up and because uh, this has been rumored for a while, hadn't it? And um, we kind of thought it's probably going to be around the the first ever Hunger Games, but apparently it's not. It's going to be. Um, like maybe the tenth or sixteenth or something. Oh, I didn't know so that. Yeah, so it's not about the. Um, so it's not about how the Hunger Games began, but it's, uh, it follows. Um, uh, is it Cornelius Snow? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So whoever Donald Sutherland ended up playing. Yeah. Um, as a youngster. So are they um, directed by the same guy who directed all the bad ones. Ah. Uh, Francis Lawrence. Is his son uh, going to play him then? Kiefer. Kiefer. He's probably too old. Yeah, I, that's true. I, I think he's probably... I mean, if, if it's anything like the other games, it's going to be a teenage lead. Oh. So uh, probably someone that neither you or I have heard of because we're too old. We're not that old. Maybe a TikTok star. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even know what TikTok is, Colin. 
I'm really vague on what TikTok is. <laughs> it definitely involves videos, but I don't. I don't know why it's different to YouTube. <laughs> do you know? I know you can do dances on it. Cool. Yeah. Um, if you, the listener, know what TikTok is and want to tell us, we're at CDZ Movies on Twitter. We're at CDZ Movies at Gmail dot com, and we're both old. Um, to call yourself, this- Colin. I'm young at like. Okay, but I'm I'm younger than you. Let's not forget. Um, <laughs> Now we've moved. We've moved. Actually, no, okay. We'll go to um, Whitney Houston biopic is coming. I don't have any details, but oh. uh, we're getting a biopic of Whitney Houston. Okay, interesting. Uh, yeah, I don't really know much about her story. Right, I know uh, a lot of her songs though. Yeah, I don't even know huge numbers of her songs, but yeah, I'm, it'll be a jukebox movie, but, uh, but with obviously tragedy in the background. Yeah, so, um, we we quite similar. We we have music playing through like a musical. Oh, I guess you don't know anything yet. I haven't got a clue. We can speculate wildly, though. Fair enough. Um, Fair enough. Um, the Addis is getting a remake. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So the Nicole Kidman uh, film uh, about a young mother who shelters herself and two children in an isolated haunted mansion, obviously. Smart. Uh, it was... Uh, yeah, the, the original film was in 2001 and it was uh, critically acclaimed. Yes. Um, so the there's obviously it's due for a remake. Uh, so, so it's got uh, it's got a big twist in it. This film, I, I don't think I've seen the film, but I know the twist. Yeah, I know the twist as well. I've um, seen it because it's a horror film. Yeah, I, I might have seen bits of it, but um, do you reckon they'll keep the same twist? Surely not. Surely they've got to put a new twist on it if they're doing a remake, or at least add twists. I the thing with like. <sighs> With films trying to remake films which has a very good twist, they never end up well, do they? Like, I think they tried to do a... You know, when they, when Tim Burton did his Planet of the Apes? Yes. And they oh, tried yeah, to yeah. do a twist at the end okay. with the, the statue of Abraham Lincoln. Uh, so or similar Ape. to... Similar Abraham to, Lincoln. Yeah, Abraham Lincoln. Similar to the previous... uh To the original one. And obviously that didn't go well with the audiences, especially the, the, the twist itself. And when they tried to do like an original story alone um, with the, all the player age, ape series, and that had better reception, so yeah, I think that's a great example because if Tim Burton had just done exactly the same twist that you get at the end of Planet of the Apes, everyone like, yeah, we we know mm-hmm. exactly. And, but if you do a new one, everyone hates it. So what, yeah, what do you do? You can't win in this situation in any case. Mm-hmm. So you might as well just try to do something new altogether. Yeah, maybe maybe come up with some original content, Hollywood. Just a, just a thought. That's not going to happen. Uh, are you ready, Zijan, for mad, wild speculation about the Fantastic Four? Okay, let's do this. Okay, I've got two pieces of mad, wild speculation. Okay. Um, so you you will be aware, I'm sure, that uh, the internet in general is eager for John Krasinski and Emily Blunt to play uh, Reed Richards and Sue Storm. I want that Fantastic to happen Four. as well. Who doesn't want that to happen? We all want that to happen. Uh, the only person who might not is my brother, uh, who loves them both but doesn't like superhero films and wants them to do a film that's not a superhero film. Sorry, son. He's in uh, uh, The Quiet Place, right? Quiet Place. Yeah, I think he has. He doesn't like horror films either. So he's a, <laughs> just, just make a rom-com, guys. Uh, anyway, uh, John Krasinski is doing something called Some Good News, Yep. Uh, where he does his own kind of uh, news station type thing on, on YouTube. Um, but people send in uh, clips of... I don't know dogs learning to dance and people clapping doctors and stuff uh, and at one point in the last one or the one for last or whatever it was he, he said um, someone drawn a picture of him and he said and that's the closest I'm ever going to be get to playing a superhero and then did what everyone has described as gym face for people who've loved The Office uh, to camera in a kind of mm, there's more to this than meets the eye kind of way so there's wild rampant speculation that uh, had we not been in coronavirus lockdown uh, then around uh, Comic-Con this year, which is not happening, I think, um, he would have uh, been announced as the new Reed Richards. Nice. Now, if that, wasn't, if that wasn't wild speculation enough for you, there's also apparently rumours that Joss Whedon is going to be directing it. Oh, wow. Um, and I have no idea where they came from, but uh, it could just be wishful thinking because uh, John Krasinski, Emily Blunt, Fantastic Four, directed by Joss Whedon. I would watch that. Sounds in like my favourite film. That would be incredible. Yeah, exactly. So we're being set up yes, for hoping for that, yeah. But that that would be awesome. That would uh, be awesome because Joss Whedon has not had the best time of it of late. So obviously, he did the first Avengers amazing. Second Avengers wasn't so good. I think he felt a bit crushed by the studio. Mm. Um, then he came in to do 
Justice League reshoots, which everyone seems to hate. And uh, and then he got signed up to do Batgirl and then quit Batgirl. So, uh, well, just we then tough times for Joss. So this could be the comeback he needs. Yeah. Also, well, it was revealed that he cheated on his wife loads, but that's different. <laughs> that, that's that's yeah, that's different. <laughs> that's very different. Um, yes. Millie Bobby Brown, yes, the star of Stranger Things, uh, will star as Enola and Holmes. Godzilla and Godzilla. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, Ruby, I interrupted you to mention yep. one of the things she's been in. <laughs> she will be starring in a new film uh, about Enola Holmes in, on Netflix. Um, based on the surname alone, she is the 16-year-old precocious sister of Sherlock and Mycroft. Alright, she's si- sister? Okay. Their sister. So, yeah, I don't know whether this is canon or not, I'm pretty sure it's not canon, but apparently there is a, a book series about her. Oh, uh, really? They have not uh, heard of before until this news came out. Yeah, Enola so Holmes. How old is Sherlock in this series? I, is he? I'm not sure. Hmm. Enola. Good Enola. name. Yeah, because uh, yeah, I I'm pretty certain you know your Sherlock Holmes. Uh, well, not. I mean, I've read one and I've seen quite a lot of stuff, but I don't know the books brilliantly. Uh, well, or barely at all. I can, so it's a no. Oh so yeah, they have a sister apparently. Not sure whether it's canon or not. I don't think Arthur Conan Doyle uh, uh, wrote for maybe, maybe he did. Arthur Conan Doyle, um, I have no. <laughs> idea. I suspect he didn't. Because there's a there's been a young Sherlock Holmes series many years ago, wasn't there? There was, uh, yeah. Maybe she was in that. That's all the news I got. You got any more? I don't think so. It has been a joy to have some news. I know, I know. I'm hoping for more to come in the next couple of weeks as well. It shows that maybe there's light at the end of the tunnel. We move on to our next segment, to see or not to Z, where we talk about films that we have seen and tell you, the listener, whether you should see them or not Z them. Mm-hmm. Zijan. Yes. What have you been watching? So, uh, I've been doing my catch-up on Netflix films that are meant to watch that you've recommended. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, apart from X Mashima that I watched a couple of weeks ago, this time I watched The Breakfast Club for the first oh, time. Right. For the first time ever. And it was great. Awesome. It's great. And I can understand why you recommended it to me. Uh, I don't think it's a... I mean, for a film that was filmed in 1985, I don't think it's dated at all. I think still some of the things that come from it. Yeah. Still applies right now. Um, Although probably the stereotypes probably have changed quite a bit since then. (laughs) Because to me, it feels... It feels I don't dated is the wrong word because I think it's still enjoyable, but it feels very much of its time to me. Mm. It feels like a, a snapshot from the eighties as opposed to so that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, um I enjoyed it and I think um yeah, everyone should watch it. It's on Netflix now as well, so it's good. I'm not gonna spoil too much. I think people know what the Breakfast Club is about. We've spoken about it multiple times on this podcast as well. We have. Were you as across as I am about the title? Why? It, they're not a breakfast club. <laughs> They, they mentioned that in the end, in the letter. They have, they made one passing reference to the pub. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't even arranged to have breakfast. I don't know. <sighs> what, what do you want the title to be? Um, I'll tell you what, I want the title to be what the working title for Crazy Beautiful was, uh, which was Torn Together. That's, oh. a, uh, that's a great title. I feel like should be used for more things. <laughs> um, I, I've seen quite a few things, but I'll talk about a couple of them. Um, so uh, one film... Uh, that it was great and one that was terrible uh, so the great one was uh, The Conversation so I've seen this recommended by a few people on Twitter so I think Edgar Wright loves it he quite often makes references to it I was watching the Captain Marvel um, commentary and they made a couple of references to it in there for, for ideas they'd taken so I thought I'll finally get around to watch this because I've had it on DVD for a while uh, stars Gene Hackman uh, it's from I think about 73 so early 70s uh, and he is a guy whose job it is is to, to make covert recordings uh, and and pass them on so he's been hired to record the conversation of this couple in, in a park and uh, that's that's how the movie starts you get various people in vans and windows and stuff recording them from afar oh. and uh, he doesn't know who they are he doesn't know why they want to be recorded he doesn't know anything about it um, he's just got to pass it on but uh, he, he he's really kind of quiet buttoned down uh, into the kind of guy um, but he's got this crisis going on throughout the film because previously he'd recorded some people and sent us information on and it resulted in them being killed so he's feeling very guilty about this and he's guilty about these rules but um, so it unfolds quite uh quite gradually but uh um, it's it's got some great characters i say he's very much not uh, a large um larger than life character he's, he's very quiet but he plays it beautifully uh it's got 
a few twists and turns. There's there's one very um, uh, great twist towards the end. Um, Harrison Ford is in it pre-Star Wars. Doesn't do a lot, but he, he does what he does well. Uh, so I would say check that one out. It's really okay. good. Uh, I had it on DVD. I don't don't know if it's available elsewhere. I'm yeah. sure we can get it. Where places. Um, the other one was My Dinner with Andre, uh, which I only knew about. Are you a community fan, CJ? I've been watching lots of community recently. Hmm. Yeah. Have you got the, the there's an episode where it's Arbed's birthday? Yep, I uh, just yep. watched it early this morning. Ah, weird. Uh, anyway, so he's basically trying to do a, a, a rip-off of or pastiche of um, My Dinner with Andre. Uh, so again, I've had this film on DVD for a while, and I finally got around to watching it, and it is possibly the most boring film I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's as I expected it would be. It's just two people having a conversation in a restaurant, basically. Which, but I thought oh, that could be very interesting. But basically, one of them is entirely pretentious, and just everything he says, you want him to shut up. Yep. Uh, and the other guy doesn't talk too much. much until kind of towards after the first hour or so, he starts pushing back a bit. But yeah unbearably bad um, is my review okay good other people love it so maybe if it's your kind of thing but I can't yeah I, I'm i not going to keep this DVD <laughs> fair enough okay um, let's move things up a bit because we didn't get to them last time so let's do some actor factor um, actor factor is our segment where we look through the filmography of a particular uh, actor and uh, pick our favourite and least favourite sometimes and this time it is Michael Shannon Michael Shannon um, I've seen Three, four, six of his films. I have seen maybe fifteen. Wow, that's there's, a there's lot. One, of well, there's Michael there's Shannon one films. that there's one that I've only seen part of, and one that I can't remember if I've watched it or not. Um, wow. Um, so the six I've seen: uh, Groundhog Day, which we're not going to talk about because we've spoken about it for a while. Now. It's one of your favorite films. Of it's a great time. film, uh, um, but you're not a huge fan. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the two Superman films, because he plays Zod. Yes. Uh, Although in the in his second appearance, is he does he speak or is he in, he's just dead the entire time, isn't he? Probably did the whole time. Yeah, it's just his body yep. floating in water. Yeah, yep. typical. Uh one film that I watched that I I can't remember much of it is Premium Rush. Premium Rush. Premium Rush. This was when Joseph Gordon-Levitt plays uh, this courier, delivery delivery person on a on a bicycle. All right. Yeah. I guess Tango and some stuff. I can't remember a lot of this film. Okay, but I'm pretty fine. sure I've seen that because I've seen Joseph Gordon Levy on a bicycle. <laughs> right, fine. <laughs> Doesn't he ride a bicycle in Fire in the Days of Summer? Um, yeah, maybe. <laughs> okay. Um, and then the other two films that I've seen him in are Knives Out, which is a great film, hmm. and The Shape of Water, which I can't remember him being in it. He was the, the evil boss. Ah. The guy who they were basically fighting against. I can't, he wanted to kill the fish man or something. Oh, like uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I don't remember him. <laughs> it, <laughs> it, but I remember the character in it. Yeah. Cool. So um, I've seen all of those apart from the Joseph Gordon Levitt one. Um, also, uh, Vanilla Sky. I don't remember him being in it. I think. What, what, what I hadn't realized about Michael Shannon uh, is just how long he's been working. So, Groundhog Day mm. uh, was one of his earlier films, and he doesn't do much in it. Who, who was he in Groundhog Day? I actually looked him up because I didn't remember. So, um, uh, right at the end, um, he and his fiance uh, dance up to to Bill Murray's character in the um, well, in the dance at the end and thank him for his generosity to them. Well, at least I it's think. a speaking role, right? I guess so. It's a speaking role, but it's it's one scene, and he's he's must have been I don't know twenty or something. He's, mm. he's very young. Uh, yeah, Vanilla Sky. I don't remember him being in it, but that's well, that's a fun film. It's well. It's, Weird, weird, weird film. Uh, it's at a time when Cameron Diaz and Tom Cruise were the biggest actors in Hollywood, pretty much. So, uh, apparently, he's an Eight Mile. I don't remember him being an Eight Mile, uh, the Eminem film, which is better than you think. Uh, the first lead I've seen him in is Revolutionary Road, so it's or co-lead. Um, so it's Mark Ruffalo and Michael Shannon, and um, Revolutionary Road. Oh, wait a minute! Isn't that? I mean, no, you're right. I think I meant to write Reservation Road because I always get the two of them mixed up. Uh, I mean, Reservation Road, Revolutionary Road is um... Leo and Kate. Ah, I might cut all this because I look like a right idiot. Um, <laughs> he's he's in Revolutionary Road, which I haven't seen. Reservation Road was uh, Joaquin Phoenix. 
delete. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I'll leave it in. I don't mind looking like an idiot. Um, So I haven't seen Revolution Road, but Simon tells me it's great. Uh, Mud, which which is uh, which is good. Um, It's my my main recollection of it. There's a boat in the middle of a tree, but um, it's got Matthew McConaughey. It's got Reese Witherspoon in a very um, understated role. Uh, 99 Homes, where Andrew Garfield, uh, his, he lives with his mum and their house is possessed by Michael Shannon's character and then Andrew Garfield starts working for Michael Shannon. Wow, I've not heard of that film before. That sounds like a brilliant concept. Yeah, it's it's not, it's not, I mean, it's not bad, but it's fairly average. I wouldn't rush out and see it, to be honest. Um, I put The Night Before, but I, I gave up partway through The Night Before, so I won't go on about it. Uh, Midnight Special, uh, he and Kirsten Dunst, have a kid with superpowers uh it's kind of weird okay i think it's the same director as did mud isn't he much older than christian dance as well on my yeah i'm now starting to doubt everything i'm remembering um <laughs> so, so maybe he's her father i don't know uh, there's some, what is this some, going on <laughs> some, some family relationship going on there. i think they're married but i could be wrong uh i think she's older than you think because none of us have seen any kiss and dance films for 15 years well if he was 20 in Groundhog Day and Christian dances. Are you, are you going to make me look this up? <sighs> <laughs> we need to give our listeners good news. They they know what to expect from this. <laughs> um, yeah, no, they're not married. <laughs> <laughs> she just rocks up at some point. Who knows what's going on there? Anyway, he's got a kid with superpowers. Um, Nocturnal Animals, which uh, is uh, very it's Tom Ford film, I think, where Jake Gyllenhaal is married to Amy Adams and uh, she is kidnapped and tortured. Some of that might be true. Um, <laughs> uh, and a film called Pottersville, which I saw on Netflix, which is uh, stars him in Judy Greer. It's about a small town where they think they find the Yeti. Cool. Um, I only now realise how little I remember most of these films. <laughs> <laughs> um, Michael Shannon. For Michael Shannon. But uh, he's he's great. I think he he's mostly playing... Is he mostly? Maybe not mostly. He plays a lot of bad guys these days. Mm. Um, but uh, there's some great films on the list. I, I, I mean, my favourite is Groundhog Day. But I'm happy to go with Knives Out if we need to get a consensus. I'm happy with Knives Out. My least favourite is probably one of the Superman films. Probably Dawn of Justice. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Right, um, we move on then to our main segment of the day. Are we not doing uh, Active Factor next week then? Uh, of course we are. Who, well, um, who's our Active Factor for next week, Zijan? Uh Steve Buscemi. Ooh, Steve Buscemi. I have, don't think I've seen many of his films, so we'll find out. We'll find out. He's always in, all in the background of most films. Yep, he and Michael Shannon were in all these films together, actually. <laughs> <laughs> all this time. A lot of people didn't realise. Uh, now we move on to our main segment of the day, which is uh, films to watch on Lockdown Brackets 2. So AKA previously... Netflix promotional stuff that we're not getting commission from. Well, I've, I must say I've moved outside of Netflix Have for, you? For, for, for some of these. Not all of them. I'm, I've not gone mad. But um, yeah, so last time we just ran through some of our favourite Netflix films, basically. Uh, this time we are going to do that again, but maybe with some other stuff thrown in. Yes. Um, and also, Netflix is always changing. So yes. some I've some I've had some stuff I've had to add in and some stuff I've had to take out because it's not on Netflix anymore. Mm-hmm. Definitely true. Um, so because I don't want to be a Netflix platform, they've already gotten enough subscribers as it is. Uh, I'm going to promote some films on the BBC right now. Oh yeah. So, uh, I think it has a very good selection of films. They used to have only just Tomb Raider for some reason and Tomb Raider two. <laughs> <laughs> the, the original Angelina Jolie ones it's very bizarre I have no idea why they used to have that all the time like I used to go search for films on the BBC and they always recommend oh look it's Tomb Raider again Tomb Raider 2 <laughs> is still here but this time around they have quite a good selection so the aforementioned The Deer Hunter oh it's on there okay. yeah it's on uh, Netflix I've not seen it before so I'll probably check it out so is it is it is is it on Netflix or BBC? Oh no, BBC on BBC. Okay, yeah, you was, can't help yourself. You can't help yourself from recommending Netflix. <sighs> this is annoying me. Uh, this was nominated for Best Picture, if I'm not mistaken. The Deer Hunter. Uh, sounds right. Sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's something that I'm going to watch. Uh, Paddington Two. 
is on uh, on BBC. Which is uh, it? Oh, I'd like to see that again. Yeah. So uh, we we like Paddington. Uh, it is a very good film. So that's on BBC Source Code. Great film. Uh, so just um, mentioning Deer Hunter, you remind me that a guy called John Cazali uh, was in Deer Hunter, but he I think he only made maybe five or six films. Uh, he died very young, um, but every single one of them was nominated for Best Picture. So uh, oh, wow. As a, as a, so he's in, um, in fact, all three Godfathers, albeit the third one was from archive footage. Uh, Dog Day Afternoon, Deer Hunter, I don't know, maybe yeah, maybe one or two others. But um, as in terms of uh, average quality of film, mm. he must have the. Uh, in fact, yes, is he? Um, I think he might be in the confession, uh, in the conversation rather that I mentioned uh, earlier. Yes, he was. He was in the conversation. Um, so yes, as an average quality of film, he's I think the best. Huh. Oh, I didn't. I didn't know that. Um, so, mm. so yeah. So Sosko we spoken before. Jake Gyllenhaal going into the mind of someone else on the train to stop it from stop a terrorism act from happening. Uh, yeah. Good film. Uh, uh, another Jake Gyllenhaal film on uh, BBC right now is Stronger. Oh yeah. Where he plays uh, someone who was injured in the Marathon bombing, Boston Marathon bombing. Have you seen uh, it? Uh, I've seen part of it. I have not finished it yet. No. Oh, I saw it in the, in the cinema. Um, I thought it was pretty good. It, 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 I think some people suggested he went over the top with it, but, uh, which is maybe not unfair. But yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Hmm. Um, and also, the sense of an ending is also on um, BBC, which I saw this morning. This is based on the Booker Prize winning book um, by Julian Barnes. Oh yeah, uh, and yeah, it's a, it's a great film. If you're not, if you've read the book before, uh, which I have, uh, it's a great book as well. Um, yeah. yeah, it tells the story of uh, an old an old man trying to recall the incidents that happened in his past that led to his uh, best friend's suicide. Okay, and it's a very it's a very quiet film, um, which uh, which I did enjoy. There's no like big um, revelations etc. in this film, but um, it's a very good film. Uh, I watched it this morning, and it's great. Uh, anyone, anyone I know in it? Uh, yes, you do, and I can't remember his name, which is annoying me because I just watched it this morning. Uh, <laughs> give me a second, my phone. <laughs> Google Got one. Well, while you're doing that, so um, I've so I've chosen a few films I think are not um not just because they're good, but also because they are relevant to the situation that we're in now. Ah. Uh, although some of these might be a stretch. Um, so I'll start off with uh, Rear Window, uh, Alfred Hitchcock film, mm-hmm. uh, starring James Stewart, uh, as a man who cannot go outside and has to sit uh, at his window watching other people in their in their houses. And I think, well, this is, this is the situation I find myself in right now. Uh, so he's, <laughs> what's he's, stalking people through windows in houses? Oh yeah, I'm keeping I'm keeping detailed diaries you have about binoculars on, Colin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I do have binoculars. Uh, I've got cameras. I've got everything. I sadly do not have Grace Kelly, um, which James Stewart did. So he did better than me there. Um, but this this is a kind of Hitchcock classic. I think. Um, so it moves surprisingly slowly, and there's not a huge number of twists and turns. But basically, James Stewart thinks that he sees a murder uh, across the street. And uh, he can't do much about it because he's got a broken leg and he's sat in, the, in his chair, but he, he does what he can, as does Grace Kelly. So I think that's uh, it's worth a watch. Um, now, in these coronavirus times, these a lot of us are, are moving more and more online. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're interacting uh, through Zoom and things like this, all things. Um, surely now is the time to watch Ready Player One again and, uh, and appreciate what it's like uh, when you can't go out and enjoy the sunshine, but you can. <sighs> Uh, <laughs> I'm not a fan of that film, Colin. I think I made it clear in our review of that as well. You did make that clear, but maybe, maybe now it's chance to give it a second, uh, second try. Uh, although I think his online world is somewhat better than our online world, uh, as it stands. Less laggy. Um, Macbeth. Now there are lots and lots Macbeth. and lots of films. Macbeth. There are lots of film versions of Macbeth, I'm sure, but this one um, I'm mentioning uh, stars Michael Fassbender. And Marianne Cotillard, I think it was, uh, from maybe, ooh, I don't know, four or five years ago, something like that. Uh, I mentioned this one because uh, hand-washing, Zijan, hand-washing is so important uh, at the moment. And who better to learn hand-washing from than Lady Macbeth, <laughs> uh, who spends the last half hour of the film uh, madly washing hands and, sh- and shouting out damned spot at them. Uh, we can all learn a lot from her, I think. <laughs> uh Maybe, maybe, listener, you uh, you are in a young 
budding romance, um, but you cannot see your 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 uh, sweetheart. Sweetheart, it's, like, it's the 1940s. You can't see your sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you might want to see the film Like Crazy, uh, starring Felicity Jones and the late, great Anton Yelchin uh, as young lovers who are separated by the Atlantic mm-hmm. and uh, who are not able to spend time with each other. Uh, it's actually a really good film. Um, beautiful films. They're both phenomenal actors, um, and it's it's very moving. And you kind of see the the uh, the development of their relationship and how it's maybe not quite as rosy as as they had thought because it's blinded by young infatuation on this. But um, definitely worth watching. this first, I thought you were going to recommend her, the Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, ah, that's a good recommendation. Film. Yeah, I, I enjoyed the film as well. I think. Great film. Yeah. It also involves um, technology. Spending far too much time with your computer. Yes, exactly. Falling in love with it. Falling with it. Yeah, I've not yet got to the stage where I'm falling in love with my computer. No, uh, not yet. But even though it sounds very cookie, it's a great film though. Yeah. If my computer sounded like Scarlett Johansson, then maybe I would fall <laughs> in love with it. <laughs> um, maybe, maybe you live uh, with someone else um, during this lockdown time and they're driving you insane. Uh, in which case, you should watch the film Gaslight. Um, now, these, these modern days, Ishan, with, uh, with, with the memes and things... Uh, everyone accuses each other of gaslighting people. Yeah, gaslighting means something quite. Hmm. Yeah, that's quite. That's awful, it co- isn't it? When someone's trying to convince you that you are wrong. Basically, and right. it comes from this film. Well, actually, I think it comes from the play this film was based on potentially. But uh, this film starring Ingrid Bergman, uh, called Gaslight, and it's basically the, her husband is trying to persuade her that she's gone insane. Uh, because if I remember rightly. She has some inheritance that he's looking for in the loft oh. or the attic, and the reason she works out that she's not going to say is because when he's up there, he turns on the lights, which dims the lights elsewhere. Uh, hence, gaslight. Ah, so there you go. Uh, but that's when everyone's accusing each other of gaslighting. That's what they're also they're talking about. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, and one more, uh, which is a really good film called uh, it's Children of Men, and it's not. I mean, it's not an illness, it's not like it's not like contagion, so it's not too close to my own, but it, it feels quite similar. So the, the idea of having children of men is that uh, suddenly, I can't remember exactly when it's set, but let's say sometime in the early noughties, um, no one is becoming pregnant anymore. And it seems like there's some sort of some sort of illness or some issue that basically it's impossible to become pregnant. And so you see, what, what is the world like when there's not going to be any future generations? And obviously that's not the same thing here, but I think there are lots of similarities of kind of mob going a bit crazy at times and people being in desperation and all this so if you want to dwell on that more watch Children of Men oh. uh, cool but it, I, I'm trying to, is it, I think it's Alfonso Cuaron but um, it's and it's but it's shot it's shot beautifully uh, if there's nothing else it looks great and where can anyone watch any of these films right now my DVD collection um, great they, they this is so that as far as I'm aware I mean as far as I'm aware you can watch films on Amazon if you pay some money I'd expect them all to be on there. You can watch on YouTube if you pay some money as well. So. Uh, yeah, so I don't think any, I don't, none of these on Netflix, I'm afraid, and that's oh. as far as I bother checking. Uh, and uh, just to answer your previous question, Jim Broadband is the main actor. Uh, okay. In the sense of ending. Right. Mm. Um, what, actually, one, I'll, I'll pass back to you before, before I do. Um, one film that you can watch online uh, is Red Dwarf. Uh, so, are you a Red Dwarf fan, Zijin? Nope. No, so this is starting in the '80s. Uh, it's kind of a cult uh, uh, sitcom classic. It's the, the, on the BBC back in the day. Uh, the, the the idea is uh, a guy called Dave Lister is played by Craig Charles. Uh, he gets put into suspended animation um, because he brought a cat on board a spaceship, uh, and he gets kept suspended animation for three million years. Uh, and obviously, everyone has died, and that in the interim and it's a series following him uh, a hologram of his colleague who comes back who gets brought back uh, the uh, a character called Cat who is um, kind of the evolved descendant of the cat that he saved and uh, and a robot or an android called Crichton anyway it's a fantastic series but uh, they've been talking about making a film for maybe 25 years uh, and eventually they did um, except it's it's just on on Dave, um, but it's good. It's on UK TV online. If you like Red Dwarf, uh, you'll enjoy this. If you don't like Red Dwarf, you, this isn't going to change your mind. <laughs> so, so if you're already a Red Dwarf fan, check it out. Right, so. Cool. Are we moving on to the Netflix ones now? Yes, let's do it. Oh, okay, so I've been trawling through more of Netflix's um, uh, catalog of films. There are so many bad films in there. 
Yes. Uh, but there are so many uh, good ones as well. So uh, I just split this up again. Most, I think, all of these films that I've put down on my list are films that I've seen before and really liked. Um, so I've got light-hearted ones like Jumanji: Welcome to the Jungle. Nice. That yeah. uh, films that both you and I actually like. Um, there's Babe, which was one of my top ten films, uh, beginning with letter B. That's on, of course it was. Yes. Uh-huh, which is on Netflix as well. Very, very, very good film. Uh, uh, love, love. If you want something more light-hearted, um, I've got some. If you want some sci-fi, there's District Nine. Oh yeah, yeah. Which That's is good, uh, good film. a very good uh, South African production uh, about a bunch of aliens living in um, I think Pretoria or Johannesburg. I can't remember where it was. I, I can't remember, but. Uh... Yes, good, good, uh, good sci-fi film. Good social commentary as well. Exactly, and there's uh, Colossal as well, where Anne Hathaway. Oh, is that on there? Yeah, plays a Japanese giant monster uh, attacking South Korea. Well, sort of. Sort of. Um, for some other more Jake Gyllenhaal films, um, Nightcrawler. It's oh, is that on Netflix. Netflix. That's a great it, film. Is, it is probably, I think, yours and mine, favorite, most favorite Jake Gyllenhaal's performance. Yeah, and probably. Yeah, I good. think it's a shame that he wasn't nominated for Best Actor for that performance yeah, at all. Absolute madness. Yeah, It's, it's insane. Uh, Nightcrawler and I, Tonya is also on Netflix. Um, both very, very good films. I was going to mention I, Tonya. That was on my list because, yeah, one of my favourite films of the last few years. Uh, outstanding film. Yeah. That, that, that arrived on Netflix since our last episode. <laughs> definitely uh, I'm going to stop now because uh, I may clash with some of your list so you can keep going on yeah um, so I think we've talked about safety not guaranteed before but I think that's a really fun um, low budget sci-fi film directed by Colin Trevorrow uh, starring Aubrey Plaza and Jake Johnson uh, so that's now on Netflix uh, The Social Network I think you'll all know about but uh, again uh, since since we can't be social these days <laughs> let's, let's watch it on film uh, that's definitely do a rewatch, I think. I've, I've not seen that for a few years, so I think I might uh, go and look at that one again. Uh, Young Victoria, uh, starring Emily Blunt, one of her earlier roles. Well, yeah. Uh, earlier roles, yeah. Uh, surprisingly moving, actually. I, I really enjoyed this. I've only seen it uh, the once. So I think I mean, Emily Blunt's always fantastic, but uh, this if, you've, if you're done with The Crown and whatever other royal stuff you'll watch, um, check out Young Victoria. Uh, it's, it's really good. Um, a film called Adrift that uh, was already on my list, but then I, I mentioned it to my brother midweek, so he's gonna uh, he's gonna get it from both both directions. Um, he's gonna get it from me in real life and me on a podcast. Uh, this is one of my uh, one of the favorite films I've seen in the last few years. I think it's uh, it's a few years older than that, but uh, I caught it on on Netflix last year. Uh, it stars Shailene Woodley and Sam Claflin, uh-huh. uh, who, who are both fantastic actors. It was originally going to be um, uh, Shailene Woodley and Miles Teller, uh, which would be reuniting from Spectacular Now, which is it's one of my favourite films. But I can't remember why Miles Teller had to drop out. He had to drop out, and Sam Claflin came in. But it's you get especially the two of them adrift at sea. So I think they're, they're going on this, um, they're sailing home, and then it all goes horribly wrong. So you see them coping with with everything the the elements have to throw them, but you also get that mix between um, kind of them meeting and falling in love. So it's, it's a beautiful story and really well acted. So I think that's that's a great one. Uh, Lion is on there. If you never got around to seeing Lion, I've seen Lion. Um, it's a I just mm. got my list as well. Dev mm. Patel is probably his best performance as well. Definitely up there, yeah. And uh, I think he was also nominated curiously for best supporting actor, which since he's clearly the lead was slightly weird, but. Um, it it's so it's, it's um about a kid who gets separated from his family in India, and adopted uh, by and a family in Australia. And adop- yeah, adopted by Nicole Kidman, um, playing Australian quite uh, unusually, and yes, yeah, great to be Dev Patel. And it spends a lot more time in with the with the kid whose name I can't remember now, Sammy or something. Um, was that the act- was that the character? Anyway, it spends a lot more time with him than you might expect, which I guess is why he was viewed as the lead actor. Um, but yeah, that's that's definitely worth a watch. Mm. Um, I must put True Grit down here, uh, which is a Coen Brothers film. I think it's, well, it is their only remake, the remake of the uh, of the film that got John Wayne his only Oscar. Um, but this time starring Jeff Bridges, I think, uh, and uh, and a young Haley Steinfeld who became one of the younger actors to ever receive an Oscar nomination. I'm pretty certain uh, you recommended this in the previous podcast. Did I? 
in the last quarantine one. I must admit, I did just copy the same list and delete the ones I thought I'd mentioned. So uh, <laughs> if, if I, so, I, I caught you in the act. You did. Uh, I don't know how many of these I recommended last time. I actually did a cross-reference, Colin, on mine. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's, that's, my, that's my list then. That's <laughs> uh, just a few more to add to that. Uh, a Quiet Place is on if you want to see some... Um, John Krasinski and uh, Emily Blunt, and you want to close your eyes at a certain point, which Colin yep. knows. And the, the fighter is on as well. Uh, Mark Wahlberg and Kristen Bale, uh, Melissa Leo, uh, Kristen Bale and Melissa Leo winning uh, supporting actor and supporting actress for this film, where they played. Uh, it's about a boxer. Is it a boxer? Fighter. He's a boxer. Yeah, yeah. he's a boxer. Yeah, Kristen Bale's phenomenal. In that I thought I really feel sorry for Mark Wahlberg because he was. Supposedly he's he's good lead, though, but, but he's good as well. It's just overshadowed by Christian Bale. Yeah, Christian I think if Christian Bale hadn't been there, but even then, I think Mark Wahlberg was quite wooden in that film, in my view. I've not seen it for a very long time. But. Yeah. Well, there you go, Netflix. Cool. You get our commission in our for another couple of weeks. Um, <laughs> uh, we move on then to our, our segment, look back in Oscar, where we look back at a best uh, picture winning film from yesteryear. Uh, and talk about it. And this time it was Kramer versus Kramer. Zijan. So, Kramer vs. Kramer is a 1979 American legal film uh, which follows the, the divorce of a couple. It stars Dustin Hoffman, Meryl Streep in one of her earlier roles, uh, Jane Alexander, Justin Henry. It was nominated for nine Oscars, winning five Best Film, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Supporting Actress, and Best Adapted Screenplay. Um, I guess it shares a lot of traits with the most recent Oscar-nominated film, Marriage Story, <laughs> which mm. also follows the story of a divorce between a couple. Um, I have to say, though, right... Um, when you all the things that you mentioned about the Breakfast Club, um, oh, yeah. I was talking about it. About first of all, they hated, they didn't care for the name. I don't care for the name for Kramer versus Kramer. Applies for this as well. <laughs> it's but it's 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 literally the, the name of the court case is yeah, Kramer versus Kramer. You hardly see one of the Kramers <laughs> in this film uh, at all, if any. Um, so this, if any, I mean, we we definitely see it. She won an Oscar for it. We definitely <laughs> see it. <laughs> I mean, Judy Dench won an Oscar for like what? Two minutes. Um, she, and she won an Oscar for Kramer vs. Kramer. I don't even remember her being in it. That's no. amazing work from Judy Dench. So okay. far, uh, I just had to mention that this film is told definitely from the point of view of the father, played by yeah. Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. Uh, um, and for example, to contradict with uh, Marriage Story, which, which kind of focuses on both parents, give equal weight to both stories, this one definitely focuses primarily on the father. Yeah, there's only the second time I've seen this, but I was very surprised the first time because I had kind of assumed it would be an equal uh, weighting. And Meryl Streep, as you say, was one of her earlier roles. She was in Deer Hunter as well, and that might have been after Deer Hunter, but it was, yeah, certainly she wasn't Meryl Streep uh, as she became. Mm. Uh, and uh, but yeah, as, as soon as I saw the trailer for Marriage Story, which I had no idea was coming out until I saw that trailer, um, I think I tweeted at the time saying, yeah, this looks great. It looks very much like Kramer versus Kramer. And you do see a lot of a lot of similarities between those two, uh, but yeah, yeah, this focuses on. Um, I think you mentioned, but did you mention that they? they it's a lot of it is about the custody of the child because um, uh, they've got a kid. Uh, Meryl Streep's character walks out on the family, uh, and Dustin Hoffman is left to, to raise his kid for about a year and a half before Meryl Streep um, decides that she wants custody. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love this film. I think this is an absolutely fantastic film. This is. I think comfortably my favourite of the the look back in Oscar films that we've ah, covered so far. Okay. Um, what do you think? Well, like, so I I enjoy Dustin Hoffman's performance in this. I think it's yeah. brilliant. Uh, I think so. I mean, the the father figure he started off. I mean, this was the eighties, so quite a lot of the gender roles were quite set then as well. Didn't you say it was seventy nine? Yeah, nineteen seventy nine. Yeah, yeah so basically the eighties. Same on. thing. Yeah, the the dad was the sole breadwinner in the family, and then the mom was a, a housewife. If I'm yeah. not mistaken. Yeah. yeah. So the 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 whole idea of this whole separation was because uh you know he was working very hard and then he didn't pay a lot of uh attention to his child. A lot of these gender roles were quite dated. I think back in the but I think it's quite suited for your time, and then um. Meryl Streep's character got tired of it and wanted to leave. Uh, I enjoyed Dustin's performance. Uh, Dustin's performance in this. I think uh, he's brilliant, growing from yeah. a father who didn't know much about his son and then growing to care a lot and wants to fight for custody for his son. I, his growth is really great. Um, Meryl Streep's is too small 
to be able to say much about it. I mean, I think she's okay, but I don't know what it warrants like an Oscar for best yeah. supporting actress. I think. Yeah, I don't know what she was up against. Well, I think she she was she did very well with what she had, but I mean the courts. The court cases, when it actually comes to court, is where she gets the most to to do. Mm. What I really liked about it is that, um, so you're right, Dustin Hoffman is is a pretty, doesn't cope very well at first and then becomes better at it. But it's never, I mean, it's not a comedy, but it's never played as if, like, he's ridiculously terrible. He messes up. But it's not like, because it's quite ahead of its time in some ways. You look at things like Three Men and a Baby or... I've never seen Mr. Mom, but there's this idea that that men are just completely incapable of looking after children with hilarious consequences and all this. And he he's never, yeah, he he messes up, but he, he's, he's he tries his hardest and and he gets there and he forms this real bond and relationship with with, with his son. Uh, I think it's di- I, I do like the fact as well that Meryl Streep is not painted to be a complete villain, which could easily have been the case because she just literally walks out on her kid. Yeah, I think initially, yeah. like in the script, it was. I, I think Meryl Streep fought for the character to be more sympathetic. Is that right? Mm. Is that right? I think that's that's good decision uh, then because, yeah, it, it, I don't know, as, as a viewer, we're probably mostly so, siding with Dustin Hoffman because we've seen his story. Mm. But it's not like keep that kid away from his evil mother. It's, it's more don't, don't break what this this father and son have created. Yeah. Uh, so. so yeah. yeah I, I I would if you haven't seen this film, um, particularly if you've seen Marriage Story, I think it's worth as a kind of a companion piece to Marriage Story. Yeah, I agree. So check I agree that out. Uh, but yeah, this is definitely worth watching. Or vice versa, if you've seen Kramer vs. Kramer and haven't seen Marriage Story, check out Marriage Story. Just yeah. so Netflix Netflix <laughs> can get a few more bucks. Um, <laughs> awesome. Okay, we move on then um, to the quiz, which. Uh, if you were listening last time, you'll remember that I completely forgot I was supposed to be choosing a topic. But uh, out of nowhere, for no reason at all, Paul James Cameron films. Uh, so, Zijan, you are one point ahead of me for the, or one quiz ahead of me for the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see how it goes. Here, question one for you. What is the subtitle for James Cameron's first ever film, Piranha 2? <laughs> the Spawning. The Spawning. 5% on Rotten Tomatoes. Ah, brilliant. Question one for you. What's the name of the alien species living on the planet Pandora in Avatar? The, the Narvi. Yep. Um, what was the only Academy Award nomination for True Lies? Uh, visual effects, right? It was visual effects, yes. Yeah. Which I don't remember there being any good visual effects in it, but clearly there must have been. No. Uh, question two. How many Oscars did Titanic win, tying with Ben-Hur and The Return of the King for the most Oscars won for a film? Eleven. Yeah. Uh, question three. Who did Kathy Bates play in Titanic? Oh, oh this is such a... I saw this, and she's actually a real-life character. Real-life well, character, right? that's right. Yeah, 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 because she was known as the woman who brought the lifeboats on and carried it all the way to the end. Uh, no, I can't remember her name. I can't. Uh, the unsinkable Molly Brown. Yeah, it's mm. uh, a shame. Uh, question three: Who played Virgil Brickman in *The Abyss*, the foreman of an underwater dr- drilling platform? Was it Ed Harris? Yep, that's the main character. <laughs> I, I didn't yeah. want to give anything else because I think it's a very obscure film, anyway. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, speaking of obscure, <laughs> obscure *Abyss* questions, um, <laughs> you've got a one in forty-nine chance for this. Um, in *The Abyss*, the main submarine is a higher class, but is named after a different U.S. state. Which one? Wow. Great, Colin. Like, I've given you, like, a giving. It's in the first line of the uh, of the Wikipedia. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, because I pay attention to that. <laughs> so I say, one in 49 chance. Yeah, one in 49 chance. Can you go again? Uh, in the Abyss, the main submarine is, uh, is a higher class, whatever that means, um, but is named after a different US state. Which right. one? Let's go for Missouri. Oh, Montana. Oh, begins with the same letter. Yeah, close. Mm. A question for in Piranha 2 the spawning. Okay. <laughs> what ability did the piranhas develop allowing them to kill more people? Uh they could fly. They can fly. I've discovered more about Piranha 2 the spawning um in the hour before we record this podcast than I am <laughs> I ever thought I'd know. Flying piranhas, eh? Well, I've already won this, but here you go. Question five, uh, which I think is fun. Um, when the Avatar sequels were announced in 2010, yep. what year was Avatar 2 supposed to be coming out? <laughs> in 2010, the sequels were announced in 2010. Yes. Yep. I think it was... 
2019, right? 2014. Oh. So we're... Hmm. Um, it's only going to be seven years out of date, or probably... It's probably going to be postponed again, isn't it? So Yeah, we're... very far down the line. Uh, question five. In True Lies, um, Secret Agent Harry Tasker lives a double life. What does he claim to do as a day job? Ooh. Uh, I've no idea, so I'm going to say architect. <laughs> as a computer salesman. Okay. Hmm. Actually, that's one thing I was going to mention about Kramer versus Kramer, I know, to, to jump back. But I like the fact he, he works in advertising, which is one of like maybe six jobs that Hollywood seemed to know about. <laughs> Anyway, does, I mean, I don't know anyone who works in advertising, but it seems about a, a good twenty percent of characters hey, in films. My work sister in law works in advertising. No, she doesn't. She's living a secret double life and a part of What are we quizzing on next time, do you? Well, since you've just recently completed the marathon of oh, Lord yes. of the Rings, I thought we should just do a quiz on the Hobbit trilogy. Awesome! I am not going to watch them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they are all on Netflix, I think. Are they? So I, I did watch the first one in the cinema uh, back in the day. Mm, maybe. Uh, right, and what's our main topic for next time? We are going to do Hollywood's job for them. We're going to yes, recommend, we, are. we are going to recommend actually good things to make films out of. Yeah, I think this is going to be a fun idea. Um, if you, the listener, have anything you'd like us to, you'd, you'd like to see an adaptation of, whether it's a, a, a book or a comic or a, or a play or... A, a real life event so many things so many things anything like uh, let us know uh, movies at twitter no that's not right cdzmovies at gmail.com or at cdzmovies on twitter or you know who we are some of you mm-hmm. see you then bye <laughs>